0: This teaching comes to you from the team at St. Mark's, Darling Point, Sydney. We hope that it blesses you. Thank you for having me come and speak today on um, the Fruits of the Spirit. Um, for those of you who don't know me, my name is uh, Philly Monel but if that's too long for you, just call me Philly. Um, I'm here at St. Mark's with my family. We come along to the 10 a.m. service. Uh, I get the joy of uh, looking after our youth group, and uh, there's a couple of you guys here. So I'll mark you off the roll. <laughs> uh, before I start, why don't I pray? Uh, Father God, I just pray, Lord, that you would use me. Uh, thank you, Lord, that um, you use ordinary people to speak on your behalf. And so I pray, Lord, for the power of your Holy Spirit that you give me the right words to speak. Thank you, Lord, that your truth is everlasting. And your word is always in season. There's always a right time to hear from the Lord. And so I pray, Lord, that our hearts would hear from you. Amen. Uh, So, you know, as a church, we've been going through the fruits of the Spirit. Um, And so uh, love, joy, peace. And I get uh, the job of talking to you about patience. Now, um, the Bible uses another word for patience, which I think really gets to the heart of what patience is, and that is forbearance. And so that is patience self-control, restraint and tolerance under pressure or under when you're provoked. And so when I think about patience, I, I think about God's patience. And it's pretty hard for me to be honest with you guys that I'm not going to stand up here. I'm not going to tell you that I'm a very patient guy. I think God is working on me. And that's the whole whole point of this. what I'm about to say is that I gave my life to Christ 16 years ago. And in that time in my faith in Christ, over that 16 years, I've been able to reflect back now and see, wow, the Lord has just been so patient with me at particular points in my life. And he's also put people in my path who have been very patient with me as well. So I think back and I go, if that was me, I would just, away, away with you. There's no hope for you. But like if you reflect back upon your own lives and your own walk with Christ, you'll just see just how patient God has been with you. Am I not speaking the truth here? Um and so we're looking at the fruits of the spirit love joy peace and patience but I think I don't think I know what holds all these fruits together is love 1 Corinthians chapter 13 verse 4 famous at weddings the love passage what does it say love is patient love is patient and so then if we're looking at at an individual sense that god is so patient with you let's take a step back and have a look at god's patience with human history beginning in the old testament with israel how many times do those guys stuff it up how many times Time and time and time again, they stuff it up. And yet God is so patient with them. But what, what, you, what I don't want you guys to, to leave with is that God is just patient. No, he's patient that you would return to him and repent. His patience is not a license for us to continue rebelling against him. No, he's calling you because of his kindness and because of his patience to come back to him. This is the whole point of his patience. He's so patient with you. We fast forward to Jesus. In Hebrews chapter 12, verses 2 to 3, it says, Fix your eyes on Jesus, who for the joy set before him endured the cross. He endured the cross. He suffered patiently. Why? For you to cleanse you, to set you free. The cross, our empty hands of faith in which we open up to Christ, we receive his forgiveness for our sins, that introduces us to the idea that we're now united to God in a very real way. You are united to God through Christ. John chapter 5, verse 5, Jesus says, I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit, for he will bear much fruit, for apart from me, listen to that, for apart from Christ, you can do nothing. Do you get that? Christian fruit, the fruits of the spirit, is not something that which you can manufacture yourself, my friends. This comes from a vital union with Christ. You see, it comes by being united to Christ and His spirit flowing in and through us, and it expresses itself in our Christian practice. We're connected to the vine. There is a new power through the Spirit of God which produces this fruit. And Francis Schaeffer, he says that this is true spirituality. This is true spirituality. He goes on to say, True spirituality is moment-by-moment relationship with Christ. You see, this is a personal God in whom we serve, in whom we love, and who loves us. He's real. He's not a deist God who is far away from you. He's close. He knows you. He knows the hairs on your head. He knows the moment you were conceived, when you are born. He knows when you'll die." This moment-by-moment relationship with Christ that transforms us, it not only transforms us, but it transforms our relationships. It transforms the church. It transforms culture. You see, there's a reality to, to, to to this Christianity in which we believe in. There's a reality. It's not just head knowledge, friends. It transforms us from the inside, and it expresses itself in our love for one another, in our patience, in our joy, in our peace. It's alive. Galatians chapter 5, verse 25, it says, Since we live by the Spirit, walk in the Spirit. Other translation says, keep in step with the Spirit. You see, What I think often happens is we forget that the Holy Spirit is the divine guest inside of us in which Christ gives us. He's the paraclete. He's the helper. He's the one that finishes the work of Christ here on earth. I think we sometimes forget that the Holy Spirit is in every believer. You are sealed by the Holy Spirit. But what I think is, is that Paul understands this and he says, sometimes we grieve the Spirit. I want to read you how 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 do you grieve the spiritfully? I want to tell you how we grieve the spirit. Ephesians chapter four, verse twenty-nine to thirty-one. Listen to this, it's really practical. See, we've gone from the spiritual down to the very practical, what it looks like in the believer's life. Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths. But only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. Do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God with whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Get rid of all bitterness, rage and anger, brawling and slander, along with every other form of malice. Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other just as Christ God forgave you. People have often asked me, How did you play such a brutal sport like football? I said, The Bible says it's better to give than to receive. That was a joke, guys, okay? A bit of light relief for you. But you see, that it's this moment by moment relationship with Christ, it's this walking with Christ. It is keeping in step with the Spirit. And to be honest with you, I'm challenged by all of that. I am. I'm really challenged um, because as a Christian of 16 years, um, along with my other friends who are Christians, I'm stuck in a historical moment right now. And all my friends are doing the same thing as me. We're seeking the Lord's will. Um, but I think sometimes we've got to take a step back and we've got to look for people who have lived this life before you. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1 says that there's a cloud of witnesses who've walked this walk, who've had to be patient, who have endured. There's a cloud of witnesses around. And I want to, I want to just share with you that for me, I've had great inspiration for the last month from reading a biography of a guy called George Whitfield, Hands up who knows George Whitfield? Man, you read that guy, you get messed up. <laughs> like, I'm messed up after, after hearing about his life. And I mean messed up in a good way. The guy breathed a different spiritual air than what I'm breathing. And I, I'm, I'm like, I want what he's, he's on. Like, whatever he's on, I, I like it. I really like it. Um, I'll just tell you a little bit about George Whitfield. I mean, he was called the greatest preacher evangelist of the 18th century. Benjamin Franklin, one of the forefathers of the United States of America, he said he's the greatest orator he has ever heard. He would preach to tens of thousands of people in the fields. Why? Because Anglican churches just way too off the charts for Anglican churches. He was an Anglican minister. Now, you can't say to me, oh, George Whitfield must have been some African-American. No, he wasn't. He was a white Anglo-Saxon who was passionate about the Lord. Okay? He was passionate about the Lord. He would often go on these preaching tours in Britain and in America. And in America, he was part of the Great Awakening. He did wonderful work for the Lord. Um, And as I'm... Well, I listened to, to his biography on Audible, and, and as I'm listening to his biography, I was struck by how much persecution this man faced. For There were times in which he'd be preaching like this in the open fields, and then after he'd be attacked, often beaten by drunk people, and urinated on. His house, home invasion, people trying to kill him, beating his wife. And I step back and I go, how did you do it, George? He was compelled, friends, by the love of Christ. That's my big point I'm trying to bring across, is that there are people in our heritage who are the same as you and me, no different the God was a big God. A big God. Bigger than that. He had a quite a, a distressing time with John Wesley. And they had arguments over doctrinal issues. I don't have enough time to talk about that. But that was a big heartache for George Whitfield because John just attacked him and george never spoke a bad word about john he wrote against him as just to refute him but he never spoke a bad word about john and guess who preached at george whitfield's funeral john wesley there's a cloud of witnesses my friends and i i just feel challenged by that colossians chapter 3 verse 13 It says we're to bear with each other, we're to forgive one another, forgive as the Lord forgave you. I said at the very beginning that patience is self-control, it's restraint, it's tolerance under pressure when provoked. And all these attributes are God, as you see God and how he deals with you. But my question is, why do we find it so hard? I said this to the other church this morning. Everyone was kind of like looking up here. But you guys are staring me in the eyes. I like it. Why do we find it so hard to be patient with people who bug us, who annoy us? We love so little, friends. We love so little. I take a lesson from the Apostle Paul. His self identity of how he saw himself, I believe, enabled him to be so free in how he related to people, to be patient with people. And how did he view himself? Well, that's what I think is really key, is, is 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 just how Paul viewed himself. I want to read it for you in 1 Timothy, sorry, 2 Timothy, oh no, sorry, 1 Timothy chapter 1, verse 15. And, and this is Paul's view of himself, how he sees himself. He says, Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners. I'm a sinner. You're a sinner. Paul's a sinner. And and this is what he says. He says, he came into the world to save sinners of whom I am the worst. I'm the El Capitan of sinners, is what Paul is saying. I'm the worst. Me. But for that very reason, I was shown mercy, so that in me, the worst of sinners, Christ Jesus might display his immense patience as an example for those who would believe in him and receive eternal life. You see, there's this paradox going on, friends. He sees himself as the worst of sinners, but at the same time, he knows the love of God. He's opened himself up for the rivers of grace to flow through his life. And I can tell you something. When we see ourselves like that, Because it's only by grace that any of us will come to God. I reckon you're going to be a nicer person to hang out with. Seriously. You're going to be less judgmental. You're going to love people more. Am I preaching tonight or what? Seriously, you're going to love people more. If you would just know how much God loves you and has been patient with you. I've just given Apostle Paul um, a, a massive boost, Our, you know, and Apostle Paul is awesome, I love him, but even Apostle Paul makes mistakes. Him and Barnabas, in, in Barnabas is, was the key. one of the key guys in terms of Paul's discipleship when he first came to faith. Barnabas' name is called Son of Encouragement, and Acts 15 they have a sharp disagreement because John Mark, who is Barnabas's cousin, deserts them in the middle of them in missionaries in Asia Minor somewhere, and Paul Paul just basically discredits him, says he can't have that guy come with us. he deserted us, and Barnabas is like, "No, he must come and What's really sad is that they have this sharp disagreement and then they split. And nowhere in the Bible do you read that they ever get back together again. They don't do anything together again. Relationship severed. And then towards the end of Paul's life, he writes in 2 Timothy 4, verse 11. He says, Timothy... Can you bring John Mark with you? Because he's useful to me in ministry. So obviously, over over time, Paul's probably had time to reflect, but also seen that this John Mark who deserted him is, really is a good guy. He really is a believer. He really is a, a mission-minded guy. And we see this. Paul, Paul obviously has reconciled with John Mark and... He's helpful for him in ministry. Like I said from the very beginning, friends, my goal for tonight is that you would be caught up with the vision of God's love. That is the high point of where all the fruits of the Spirit come. I think it's only fitting that I'll end our night tonight with reading 1 Corinthians 13, Verses 4 to 8. Listen to these words, friends, and really take them to heart. They're powerful. They're not just for weddings. (laughs) Love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It does not dishonor others. It is not self seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. And brothers and sisters, love never fails. Amen. Thanks for listening.